We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we are talking about a dominant Nets win over the Warriors, 143-113. How are we doing? Good to feel a semblance of comfort come the holiday season. Yeah, I mean, this was a comfortable win after the first quarter, pretty much. The rest was a coast-to-coast win. You know, maybe the Warriors had a slight surge early in that fourth quarter, but credit to Patty Mills and the veterans for keeping KD on the bench. We're going to jump into that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But where do you want to start, Jack? Nick, I want to start with some, like, crazy stats. Just, like, team (laughs) stats overall. So I just want to go through, because I've got some actually advanced stats as well, and thank you to Clean the Glass that provided this for me, but... First quarter stats, the Nets shot 17-23 from the field, nearly 74%. They were 7-9 from three, 77.8%. Come the half, they have a 175 offensive rating. 175, an 84.7 E field goal percentage, which takes into account their efficiency overall in terms of their shooting. 35 of 49 from the field, 13 of 19 from three. They had 25 assists. They obviously had, you know, the night, the raw points, you know, 91 to, to 51. But just to go a little bit deeper, th- th- it was truly just like is it's video game shit. Yeah, it really was. The first quarter, I got a little stat for you. It was 8-4. Jock Vaughn called the timeout. 38-13 to 13 run for the remainder of the quarter. I mean, talk about as good a timeout as you could have. And obviously, as you mentioned, the shooting was just insane. The team was just locked in. And obviously, you know, the Golden State was missing Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jermichael Green. But at the end of the day, you know, doing what they did to a G League team would be impressive. You know, scoring 91 points and a half which was, I think, a franchise record, and it was one of the biggest leads, if not the biggest lead, in franchise history at halftime. So just really incredible stuff. And like you said, it it was a comfortable win. Really, really comfortable. And it was just nice to sort of see different things and and focus on different things here and there. In terms of finishing the game, the Nets finished with a 138.8 offensive rating pretty good (laughs) not too bad if you if you don't ask me and a 76.8 e field goal percentage which is a little bit down on the old (laughs) 84 percent we saw at the half but that third quarter where they scored 18 points and then little point little portions of the fourth quarter as you alluded to where they went a little bit cold but 
man, it was just 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 flames. And and I think some of it was initiated by defense, and yep. they just started hot. I think they hit like their first five threes or, or something like that. Royce was just flames. Joe looked really fluid, and it was just infectious the offensive affection infection i mean we've uh, been infected by certain things we haven't wanted <laughs> to be infected by over the christmas season but the nets are infected by just hot shooting and it was a good thing a good thing to be spreading around yeah team basketball 42 assists on 54 made field goals it was an all-time assist game i think i believe it was top three all-time in nba history and if they actually tried to score on the final possessions, they could have potentially tied the record. So it was just a really fun game. And like you said, there was little details here and there. I think that there could be bigger takeaways as we progress further in the season. Yeah, it's... Look, this is just one of those games where you just take care of business. You know, the Warriors on a back-to-back, as you alluded to, like, you know, six players and healthy, including a heap of their stars. But, you know, still had Jordan Poole, who I thought was locked down pretty well by Ben Simmons for the most part. Uh, I think Edmund Sumner had some nice possessions on him as well. And Draymond Green, who is an offensive nothing if he has doesn't have some of his shooters out there. So, you know, always good to, to lock up Draymond. But... Katie got a, another bloody tech because he was celebrating on the court. And look, to me, Nick, it was probably the only warranted tech that he's had all season because he's like, yeah, 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 you got me. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. He knew he was on the court. And then yep. later in the game when Patty hit a, a bit of a heater, one of the, the assistant coaches was holding like Katie back. He's like, no, nah, no, I know. I'm celebrating. Let me be. Let me be. And yeah. it was just uh, some good fun. Some good fun. Yeah, that suspension is going to come at some point this season. Um, nothing we can really 11 do about. techs, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, I think he's at 11, and I think 16 is the number. I'm not yeah. sure, though. We double-checked 15 that. or 16, yeah. Yeah, something we're not really used to, but like you said, a lot of them weren't warranted, and I- I'll take that type of tech any night of the week, and especially when you have this type of win right here. And, I mean, I think um, another guy I guess I want to point out, I thought it was nice to get T.J. Warren some extended burn in this game. You know, scored 12 points, was 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, uh, 5 rebounds, did have 4 assists and a steal. It was nice to just see him get some isolation possess- possessions and showcase what he can do out there and kind of get his feet under him. You know, there was a couple plays where you could tell he's a little rusty, but overall making really good progress. Yeah, I think this might be one of the first games where he hit over the sort of 20-minute mark. You know, he's yep. been 21. I think this might be the most minutes that he's played this season. And for me, the thing I noticed the most, Nick, was the the three ball. You know, the three ball was just there, and we haven't really seen that in large spades. We know he's got that in his bag, and you know, he's shown us defensively. He's shown us the mid-range game. You know, he's shown us off the bounce a little bit, you know, isolating, hitting some floaters, some nifty floaters here or there. I think His floater the, is tough. He's got a nice floater. He's just got he's got a bag. Like he's yeah. he's he's a three level scorer. And if you have guys, you know, I think Matt Brooks and I on our episode, which is a good episode, guys, go give it a listen. To a bit of a statistical Great deep stats. dive on the on the Nets, and we chatted about at TJ Warren and just the Nets overall and the composition of their roster. TJ Warren just does a lot of good stuff. It's like TJ Watsonabe. Uh, TJ Watsonabe. You <laughs> Watsonabe. <laughs> that'd, that'd be a pretty bloody good player as well, but. I think I, I mentioned on my timeline he could be you know the biggest swing factor for the Nets you know going forward because what he has shown in his past has been you know the bubble MVP all those different things he is a very very good basketball player and he plays defense despite what some people might say he just does a lot of good stuff and you know at the size that he is he's just looking more fluid looking more smooth and. I mean, did you know that he had uh, the alley-oop in his bag? Like, alley-oop passes, Nick? Like, what the hell? A half-court hoop to Ben, 
who is not at his athletic prime at this exact moment in time. So he had to throw a really good oop and he did it. I mean, I've really been impressed. I think what I said, four assists for him tonight. That's yep. a good number for him. And as you mentioned, you know, the Nets don't need him to be bubble TJ. If he can even get close to how he was playing with the Pacers, you know, prior to the bubble, you know, he's almost at like a fringe all-star level and he gives them a nice element of scoring when he is fully healthy you know, not not to the Katie or Kyrie level, but someone who can come in and, you know, light it up on a night where maybe one of those guys is out. And he's not there yet. But as you mentioned, you know, starting to build those numbers up. He did play 21 minutes against Atlanta, but 22 tonight technically is his highest of the season and his second highest field goal attempts and his highest three point attempts of the season. Yeah, I think overall is just we got to see TJ Cook a little bit. Yeah. And we know he's got a bag and the bag is is pretty deep. It's it's low key. I know I think Matt Brooks on his timeline alluded to the fact that you know he doesn't have a lot of arc on his shot. It's not the, yeah. the prettiest in the world, but it just goes in all the freaking time. And the fact that he could show us that three pointer, show us the floater game and to be able to just create buckets of isolation. Because normally what we've seen from him of late is he's playing alongside the stars, playing alongside Katie O'Kari and being able to create secondary actions from that. Yep. He's creating primary actions by just having the ball in his hands and just cooking. Again, against the Golden State Warriors team, who is you know down down a lot. But this is where you get a little bit of confidence, get that sort of stuff under your legs, and this is going to bode well for TJ going forward and hopefully bode well for the Nets also. Yeah, and this was a quote, I think, from TJ yesterday um, via Christian Winfield. I feel like a lot of people didn't think I could play defense. I don't know where that narrative came from. I've been improving on that end as well as being a scorer. So I think it's important to him, too, to play defense at a high level. And you know, maybe not as much showcase tonight given you know the opponent and the absences over there. But it's been showcased in terms of what he's been able to do early on in his return. And as you mentioned, you know, he could be a big factor for this team and he could potentially be a closer you know, just because of all the elements he could add. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, when you've got TJ and you two up your sleeve coming up off the bench, it's just a, a hell of a luxury to have. But Nick, uh, we should get to Kevin Durant because, you know, he is Kevin Durant. We know who he is. And 29 minutes for him. 29 minutes. Hella goddamn Luya. Probably could add a couple less if they actually got him out at, at a decent point in time in that sort of third quarter. But 29 minutes, 9 of 17 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Had seven boards, five assists, four steals, only the two turnovers. KD was just, he was just feeling it. And he could have had... Plus 29. <laughs> plus 29 on the night. Led the team under the Nick Claxton in that department, who was plus 31. It was just good to see KD get a little bit of rest. And I think 
Katie, whenever he had the ball in his hands, he was just drawing so much attention. And when they tried to do a little bit of zone on on the team, you know, Katie was moving the ball. He was finding different guys. And it's he's playing complete, complete basketball. And the fact that you know, I tweeted out the other day, and I hate to keep, you know, to my own horn, but when I find decent stuff, I want to bring it to the podcast as well. The fact that there are like eight or nine or 10 guys ahead of him in the MVP race is a travesty. Like a goddamn travesty. Bet MGM needs to like watch some goddamn Nets basketball, watch Kevin Durant play, because if you watch him play, like this is a, and you know, defensively as well, we saw the stat from Kevin O'Connor. I think I sent that to you in, in the DMs. You know, him and Klax are in the top 10 for isolation defense to, uh, and on a high volume as well. So Kevin Durant's playing complete basketball. Like it's as simple as that. And, when a guy as a top 10 to 15 player of all time is playing up there with the best basketball that he's ever played, we've got to give him the plaudits. And he is deserving every single one of them from us and beyond. Yeah, I mean, it's a great time to go jump on those odds, you know, because there's a realistic chance for Kevin Durant to win MVP this season, especially if the Nets continue to ascend in the standings. As you mentioned, you know, four steals tonight, too. I think defensively, all those advanced stats, looking at his isolation, you know, his defense at the rim, he's been really good. And also, it's 29 minutes tonight, but it's probably some of the easiest minutes he's played all season. You know, there wasn't necessarily that extra gear needed. He didn't have to really go to work. Anytime he went to work, it was kind of like, personally, he wanted to show this young guy that I can still cook you. Yeah, Draymond wasn't even guarding him. Yeah. It was just like, really? You're not even going to put Draymond Green on him? It was like Jonathan Kuminga. Okay, he's going to get everything here. And he could have had, you know, eight free throws again. Like, there was a, a couple of pull-ups and a couple of shots on, on his drives where it's just like, can we just like protect him like yeah. in in some semblance of the fact it's just like protect not protect him from himself because Kevin Durant never goes out there to search or hunt for free throws but he gets them and like you need to pay attention as a referee it is your job to protect Kevin Durant because the the NBA is reliant on superstar talent and Kevin Durant is at the top of that tree and if he gets injured because some of these ticky tack bullshit calls that aren't being thrown his way then. It's going to be beyond me and you that will be pissed at what, at what is going on because Kevin Rand just continues not to get calls that he should have. He should be getting six minimum free throws a game, whether it's on jump shots, whether it's on some of his drives, whether it's on some of his threes, whatever it might be. He should be getting you know, free throw merchant calls, James Harden, Joel Embiid-style calls, whoever else it might be. It's, it's, it's getting frustrating, and it's always been frustrating. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing was the call they missed when he shot that fadeaway jumper on the baseline. And there was clear contact at multiple points after release. And that's just a, a play where you should be protecting the player. And the referee looked like he lost focus on the play and just didn't make the call. And that I think they said that was a rookie referee. That's just the type of stuff you can't do. As you mentioned, it's a superstar league. Protect these guys. But overall, really happy for KD. We, we know he loves beating his old team, especially with all the narratives that have been thrown around. And you could tell he enjoyed this one. Big time. Who do we want to get to next, Nick? Yeah, I thought this was a good game for Ben Simmons. Um, 10 points, 5 of 7 from the field. I was 0 of 2 from the free throw line. 4 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, 0 blocks, 1 turnover, but did have good energy defensively. You know, I thought he got hit with a couple ticky-tacky fouls himself. That if it was a reverse whistle, Kevin Durant's not getting those calls on the other end, but Ben's getting called for them when he's defending Jordan Poole, which is a little frustrating, but I thought his energy was good defensively and then really just pushing the pace and moving the basketball. 
Yeah, and Draymond doesn't get those calls at all. There was like a, a, a possession. It wasn't on Kevin Durant. It was like on Joe Harris, where Draymond literally like just yanks Joe Harris's you know shorts. It was yep. somewhere in, in the second quarter. You know, you guys can watch the tape because I've taken a lot of notes, but I don't remember that one in particular. But it's I, I, I think Ben is just not getting the reputation whistle that he probably used to get. Yep. And it's it's a, a little a, bit And I'll, I'll say he is a little handsy sometimes when he doesn't need to be because he's a strong guy with just his overall body. No, and you know he was a re- a big reason why Jordan Pill did struggle tonight, and he has been in some decent form in the absence of Stephen Curry. You know he was, I think, the Yes Network series was averaging something like thirty-two points over his past three or four games. He was four of seventeen from the field, one of eleven from three, and I think a lot of that was. Ben not letting him get into any semblance of a flow, yep. any semblance of a rhythm, and just disrupt that because when you let shooters, when you let guys get hot that uh, have the talent of the likes of Jordan Poole, then it's going to have a big impact on his success and the team's success. So Ben being aggressive, Ben being physical, and yeah, getting probably a couple extra ticky-tacky fouls here or there might have been, you know, uh, they were almost warranted because it... Jordan Paul, yeah, Jordan Paul was the only one that was going to score in some semblance of form for the, the Golden State Warriors, and Ben Simmons just made his life hell. Yeah, and Jordan Poole had seven turnovers. Credit to Ben, credit to Claxton. I thought Claxton got beat by Poole once or twice early in this game and then kind of started picking up on some of his moves and the way he wanted to attack. And I credit Clax because Jordan Poole is a slippery player. You know, he's tough to defend in space and the Nets did a nice job adjusting. Obviously, as you mentioned, there was limited guys to attack this team, but do your job, take care of business. And the Nets did that tonight. And also Ben took a couple shots, you know, took a couple more shots than normal. And I think these type of blowout wins are a lot easier for him to put up shots and get more comfortable. So hopefully they continue to happen. Yeah, it's just where you, you know, a lot of people are calling, take some threes tonight. So it's like, nah, let's just take elbow hold. jumper first. <laughs> yeah, like, let him take like something, you know, a, a little bit lesser than that. But in saying that, good to see him get a, a semblance of a flow. And I think whenever I just, I, I'm, I'm getting less and less concerned about the the Simmons clacks fit, and that's not just because you know Matt Brooks did it and, and a, a person smarter than me did say that. I've been feeling that the numbers have been showing that. I think that there's a greater offensive flow and just a, a greater offensive understanding and chemistry. You know, across the line, you put the ball in Ben Simmons' hands. You know, he had like eight five assists. I think it was like in the first quarter, yeah. and he only finished with eight because of you know some of the the fouls that he did have. I, I just think that there is just a greater connection and, and cohesion uh, across the roster. Yeah, I think there's just adjusting to each other and learning the style. And then, you know, I think it could take another step if Ben starts to play better. And I think guys also, you know, Ben and Clax learning to do things off ball a little bit more effectively, especially Clax. I think I've caught him setting off ball screens for three point shooters in the corner or the wing a lot more this season, probably than his entire career combined up until this Dude. point. So. Dude, I saw TJ Warren set a, a, a screen for you towards Anabi for a quarter yeah. three. And I love that shit. That was one of my favorite plays of the game. I'll have to tweet that tomorrow. I mean, to be honest, that is just selfless basketball. And that's how you become incredibly difficult to defend when you have a team like this, when you have these type of weapons. And yeah, they're not going to shoot 63% every night, but they were due to get hot. We talked about it. There's been games this year they've shot in the 20s. And it's like, they have really, really good three-point shooters, and it was nice to see Royce O'Neal also get back on track, a guy who's been kind of hot and cold, knocked down four or six from deep, Joe three of four, Patty Mills came off the bench scorching three of three, and even Marquise Morris three of four, and our guy Utah two of three. So just a lot of good three-point shooting and a lot of good shots and great passing and team basketball. 
Yeah, 21 of 33 from three overall, 63.6%. Just absolute cash from the, the three-point line. Actually, good to see that because all of, like Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant was one of the worst three-point shooters today. He was one of three. But so Kevin Durant is... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Kevin Rand's a good three-point shooter. Royce O'Neal's a good three-point shooter. Joe Harris is a good three-point shooter. Markeith Morris is okay. TJ Warren's pretty good. Yuta Watanabe is proven to be elite this season, at the least. You know, Paddy Mills is 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 very good and above average, as is Seth Curry, if not elite. So when you have spacing, it just it, it makes the offense just look so much more dangerous. And I think the the uh, the the three that I loved the most was the three that wasn't. And I tweeted it out and was, you know, Yuta Watanabe got hit on the, the hand uh, on one of his shots. I think it might have been by Kaminga, and it was a short shot. He's like, hey, he hit me there. And he's like yelling at the ref down the floor. He's like hitting his hand, hitting his hand, his hand. He's like, dude, I hit that like in my sleep. And yeah. like he has such speed on his shot now, on, on his release. I'm just like, if he misses it, I'm like, I'm surprised. And that's not just, I, I think he's proven himself that he's not just a, you know, a a fluky three-point shooter. He's a consistent three-point shooter because of his his form is great. Yeah. He, he It just feels like if he takes a three from the corner, it's going down. It really does. It just feels like it's automatic, and he's done a great job working on that three-point shot. It seems like the Nets or one of the Nets media members tweet out a video of him working on a three-point shot in the corner like every day. But, hey, practice pays off, and it's really working for Utah and taking that next step as an NBA player. And – We've talked about it before, before the season even started. That was really a factor for him not becoming a quality role player. And it showcases just how much a three-point shot could potentially do for your NBA career. Yeah, he's going to get a big payday. Hopefully it's from the Nets, but it's more likely to be Elsa, which pains me to say. But TJ, YouTube Watsonabe has been great. In terms of the shooting accuracy from the different levels of the floor, Nick, via cleaning the glass, at the rim, the Nets are at the, in the 85th percentile, 78.6%. From the short mid-range, 54.2%, which is the 83rd percentile. Long mid-range, 69.2%, which is the 92nd percentile. Uh, and from the corner three, they shot 71.4%, which is the 95th percentile. <laughs> Non-corner non threes in the 100th percentile, 61.5%. You know, you saw Joe hitting top of the break threes. You saw Royce hitting top of the break yep. threes. It's just like those are the hardest shots to hit from three-point land. And I think because they were able to hit a – just find a, a semblance of flow, it gave them confidence to just take, you know, the threes. And Joe probably should have taken one. I think Kevin Durant was frustrated at it. And I was a little bit too – I'm like, Joe, just take that mate don't worry about your percentages yeah. but it's still you know he, he was able to put the ball on the floor and i think it still led to a decent enough shot but you know you just got to take them a lot of those good three-point looks came in transition or semi-transition and i think when you do have momentum running into three-point shots at least for specific shooters and joe harris feels like one of those guys it makes it a little bit easier. You know, it's easier to get your legs under you. Even Markeith Morris, I thought, shot the ball well from three. It felt like he had a little more snap on his release, which the ball had just a really good rotation. Uh, obviously, I don't study Markeith Morris's shot, but it's something that stuck out a little bit in that fourth quarter and maybe, you know, continue to improve as the season progresses. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Bro, we even saw Cam Thomas catching two yeah. three. Like, is that the, it's like the Cam Thomas dunk. What is rarer? I, uh, yeah. Someone's got to look up whether this is Cam Thomas's No first. hesitation, too. No, and that was awesome to see. I think it's just, it's a, it's a product of what was happening for the team overall. And it was, it was positive to see, but. Two players I wanted to finish on, Nick. You know, we'll be quick with this one because there's, you know, other than great stuff to to analyze, not really much to dive deep into. Edmund Sumner and Nick Claxton. Yeah. I think Edmund Sumner, you know, five of five from the free throw line tonight. That to me is the stat that sticks out. Obviously, five of eight from the field, one of three from three is nice too. Also had two dimes. Uh, we alluded to his defense a little bit earlier, but he his speed and aggression at getting to the rim opens up so many different parts of the game for himself as well as the Nets. I just, I love the 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 purpose that he shows and he has just really good traits, athletic traits yeah. that ju- are just a, 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 have a big effect on the game. Yeah, it's a way for him to be effective without a three-point shot, especially when he's not necessarily, you know, getting a hard closeout, but there's enough of a shade defensively away from him where there's space open. And he'll go at any big in the paint and initiate that contact and try to get to the line and sometimes finish for an and one. And that just provides a different element for the team. Uh, they they need rim pressure at times, and they lack that. And some there's a guy that can provide that. Big time. And I, I think that that's you know, where you want Ben and some that's just because if there is rim pressure, there's going to be open spaces on the perimeter yep. from the mid range. And it means the defense is collapsing. But Nick Claxton, Nick. And one more thing on Sumner. I thought he also did a pretty good job on Jordan Poole. And I, just I did as well. One negative note on Sumner, I think, and this is something he's probably just has to get used to playing with this team. Being a little quicker on his switches, especially like scram switches off ball when he gets switched onto a big. There's a couple times where he just didn't take that step fast enough and it led to a bucket for the Warriors. Obviously tonight didn't really matter, but moving forward, just a, a small pickup for him. Yeah. I mean, early in the game, you know, the, the timeout that was called by Jacques Vaughn that you alluded to, it was Ben and KD that missed up, messed up yep. a couple that allowed Draymond Green to hit. Maybe he's only buckets for the night. It, it certainly felt yeah. like that. Yeah. It was his only bucket of the night. And, and I think another one might've been for Kaminga or Moody, but and I think that what I saw overall, even like, just I could see guys like scramming out the guards. I think you know Yusuf yep. Watanabe is like you know get the hell out of here, Seth. I got you know James Wiseman here or whatever. I think that the Nets defensively, that there is just a, a greater cohesion and a greater desire and a greater engagement. And you know it, yes, it's easier to defend against a team without Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and the like. But you still got to do it, and you know, and they did it. Yeah, and it's just building those habits, and I think that's just an area, if you're going to be a switching team, you need to scram switch well. You know, when those guards get switched on to bigs, and sometimes they didn't do it well because James Wiseman had a game tonight, but it really didn't matter at that point in time. So credit the Nets just continuing to progress moving forward, but let's talk Nikki Clax. Nikki Clax, Clax City. Let's just throw, you know, it's like there's just so many guys with, with different nicknames on this team. I'll, Utah Watanabe gets a new nickname from <laughs> Iron Eagle every game. 
Yeah, the, that shirt, you know, it's getting in development. The reason why it's t- it's being delayed so much is because there's too many goddamn nicknames to fit on one <laughs> goddamn T-shirt. But Nick Claxton, Nick, uh, I think he continues to prove himself as being one of the better defensive bigs in the entire league. You know, truly, truly elite. Seven boards for him to go with his four or six in the field. Three of them offensive, had five assists, had two blocks, had a steal, plus 31, 10 points. I, I just think that Nick Claxton is... Like, and, and the free throw form looks, you know, relatively smooth. We saw that, you know, in, in some of the practices and such. And some of the people were like, well, why is he even like halting? You know, why is he using his legs if he's just going to be, it's all arms. Look, if you have a routine that's half the battle, like I think, it's going to be whether, how consistent can he be when it doesn't work for him? When you go, when it's nights where he's, you know, two of seven. Is he con- going to continue to maintain the form, or is it going to be inconsistent? If he was and how bad are those misses? I think are a big factor too. Big time, big time. It, it's going to be about you know the, the consistency, the consistency, the consistency. And he's been a consistent defensive dynamo all year. You know he swatted the hell out of, of Moody like twice. I think it was tonight. He's just an incredible defender in in so many different ways, and he just looks more comfortable when the ball's in his hands too. You know, there were times in you know in, in seasons past where it's just like, oh, Clax is going to be giving the ball off a, a KD double. What's he going to do here? Is he going to put the ball on the floor? Is he going to kick it out? Is it going to be a turnover? He just it, it it's rare where you see him give the ball up and it's just like he's making the wrong decision. He's just a a very heady and a very consistent big man, and I'm loving what he's doing for the Nets. Yeah, I like the play he had, I believe, early in the first quarter. Caught a pass, I believe it was from Kevin Durant. Took one dribble, put his body into Kevon Looney, and hit a layup. And Kevon Looney is a really good defender, and that just goes to show, like, Clax is making those strides forward to score on people. And I, I like you talked about, and you talked about this on the podcast with Matt Brooks, just the elements in which Clax provides defensively. There's a very, very small amount of bigs in the NBA that can protect the rim and also be one of the best switching bigs in the league. It's just a versatility tool that is a huge luxury to have and really ascends your defense. And we're starting to see Clax just continue to build confidence. There was a possession in this game where it felt like he defended every single player that had the ball in his hands. He was like, switch, 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 and just want it. He wants that work defensively. Yeah, this the switching scheme just plays into the strengths of Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton, and Ben Simmons. Yeah, like uh, that front court or that size, that versatility, that athleticism, all those three guys, and you know the worst three out of them this season has been Ben Simmons. Yeah. And Ben Simmons in the past has been one of the best defensive players in isolation and on switches. So like he's only going to get better. Joe Harris, you know, there was a stat today where it was like he's one of the best isolation defenders in the in the league via. Uh, a certain set. I can't remember if it was synergy or second spectrum or whatever. Obviously, are much less possessions than what Nick Claxton uh, and Kevin Durant, who again were leaders in that department from a, a more reliable source. So, the Nets defensively are, are looking pretty goddamn good, and they're starting to hit form offensively, hit their shots at a rate that we know that they can, where they can be truly dominant. Watch out, the Bucks are next, and they had a bit of a loss to the Cavs, uh, our other upcoming opponent. Opponent. The next two games uh, are really where we're going to judge the Nets, and and I hope they continue to bring the defensive intensity, the offensive in- execution, and just the the little intangible things, you know, just the communication, the chemistry, the the grit, all those little things that that matter in in eighty two game basketball. 
A hundred percent. I think it's just kind of building those habits forward and just continuing. You know, you're not going to win every game in an 82 game season, but you want to put forth a good effort and showcase and play the basketball you want to play. And I think we're seeing that. And just another note on the versatile defenders, even to a lesser extent, having a guy like Utah off the bench who's shown versatility. He's not an elite defender by any measure, but he's solid. And TJ Warren showcased an ability to switch pretty well. So these guys really progressing forward as defenders and, you know, being a two way team. And that feels like something we have not been a very long time exactly just to throw it out there since november 4 the brooklyn nets have the best record by any team with a record of 18 and 6 so again nets taking care of business can we make that 20 and 6 can we make it 19 and 7 i think if the nets can at least get one of the wins against the bucks and or the Cavs, i'd be more than happy hopefully we can get both of them longest win streak in the nba uh, seven-game win streak right here. The Knicks were knocked off tonight by the Raptors, so their win streak is now over. So, like you said, and this, they continue to rise in the standings, and these games against the Bucks and the Cavs are going to be huge as they kind of progress forward and look to gain as much home court as possible. And I think, uh, you know, if you asked us two weeks ago or three weeks ago, if that was a possibility, we probably would have laughed. But now it seems like this team is really finding their groove, and it's an exciting time to be a Nets fan. And hopefully, you know, they pull the trigger and they – go on and, and you know make another addition or two to this team and we'll be having a podcast on that very very soon but that wraps it up jack always a pleasure big thanks everybody for listening check the buzz on all stream platforms